Chapter 3 Remember How You Watched Me Leave. Remember how you watched me leave. It was late, he knew. Too late. He should have done this first, should have done it a long time ago. But he was dreading it because he knew all the awful memories it would unearth. Not to mention, it most definitely would start an argument that he wanted to avoid. Still, he knew it had to be done. With a raised fist, he stood at the familiar door, his throat narrow and his jaw clenched. He knocked once, twice, three times. After a few agonizing moments, the door opened, flooding the dark street with a warm golden light, and he blinked furiously to try to force his eyes to adapt to it. Serious? He heard a quiet voice say in surprise. Hey, Ridge, he replied, squinting into the light to look at his younger brother's face a face he had only recently seen on the screen of his phone or his laptop when they bothered to make a video call. Get in here, you dumbass, Regulus said, grabbing Sirius by the collar of his jacket and pulling him past the threshold before immediately slamming the heavy oak door behind him. People are already spreading rumors that you're in town. If they find out you're here, I'll never get a moment's peace again. Good to see you too, baby brother. Sirius grinned, carting his fingers through his hair to dry the remnants of melted snow that had fallen onto his head on the walk over from James's flat. Shut up, Regulus said with a snicker, pulling Sirius into a hug. Has it really been ten years? Based on the crow's feet around your eyes, I'd say so. You're the one to talk with the salt and pepper thing you've got going on with your hair. Regulus fired back, threading his fingers through Sirius's breast-length curls. You look like Steven Tyler. Surely you realize I take that as the highest compliment, Sirius preened, tossing his hair behind his shoulder in a dramatic fashion while Regulus ignored it completely and took him by the face. Jesus, there's even gray in your beard, he said, leaning in as if to inspect the evident aging of Sirius's visage, pinching at his skin as if measuring its elasticity. You're practically ancient. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Sirius replied, ruffling Regulus's short black hair, much to Regulus's displeasure. You do nothing but make disparaging remarks about my appearance, and it only makes me realize I missed you so much more than I thought. With a reluctant smile, Regulus pulled Sirius's face close and kissed him gently on the forehead. Sirius put his hands over Regulus's face on his own. I've missed you too, you dumbass, Regulus whispered, his breath warming Sirius's skin. It only lasted a moment before Regulus squeezed Sirius's cheeks together and pushed him away. It's not like we haven't seen each other in ten years, Sirius half-argued as he followed Regulus into a house he hadn't set foot in since his mother abandoned them. You were in London last year. You've got twice the grade than last year. Regulus glanced back with a cheeky grin. Besides, that arrangement was far from fair. It's such a hassle visiting you in London now that you're... you. Remember the time the sun reported that I'd cut all my hair off because the paparazzi snapped a photo of you leaving my loft? Sirius laughed loudly, throwing himself onto the black leather sofa. That happens here sometimes. People think I'm you. There was a sound of clinking glass and Regulus turned around holding two whiskey tumblers, one of which he handed to Sirius before sipping slowly on the one remaining. Don't even get me started on what happens when Remus sees me. With the glass at his lips and the whiskey on his tongue, Sirius went still. 
his eyes blurred over as they tried and failed to focus on the intricate design of the ornamental rug in the center of the room in some effort to ground himself there. Right. He managed to choke out through the narrowing of his throat. Yeah, that's the look. Regulus sighed as if knowing that Sirius was unable to focus on anything he was saying. The color drains from his face, his eyes cloud over, his mouth hangs wide, just like what you're doing right now because you're both still in love with each other, but you're both too stupid to... Sirius blinked back to the present. Do you think I can't hear you? Just testing the theory. Regulus smiled widely, taking a victorious sip. It was quiet for a moment as Sirius swirled the amber liquid in his glass, trying not to relate it to the way Remus's golden eyes looked when he looked up at Sirius from underneath him, his cheeks flushed and his lungs panting for breath. Do you see him a lot? Sirius fished for information, though far from surreptitiously. Yes, we meet up every Tuesday night for dinner and a glass of wine. Regulus stated plainly before Sirius could balk at the notion he retracted. I'm kidding. You know I don't go out much. And besides, I think it takes a year off his life every time he sees me out and mistakes me for you. A blunted laugh slipped through Sirius's lips. <sighs> I felt the same way when I saw him this morning. You saw him? Regulus's voice went up an octave and immediately sat down in his armchair. From a distance, Sirius added, misplacing the strength that is usually in his voice. Outside Marlene's cafe... With a quick clearing of his throat, he downed the rest of the whiskey, wincing at the sting it left behind. Or maybe that wasn't the whiskey at all. He looked good. Happy, I mean. Regulus let out a short, careful breath. That's rather noble of you to say. As he spoke, he watched Sirius attentively, as if waiting for Sirius to say something else. As if hoping he would. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It pisses me the hell off and I hate it. Sirius responded with a laugh and he meant it to sound humorous, but it only came out sounding bitter and hollow. I guess that makes me selfish, wanting him to be as miserable without me. Without another word, Regulus got up from his armchair and with a weighted sigh grabbed the decanter from the nook in the wall where he stored the liquor. That's more like it, Regulus said with a huff as he threw himself next to Sirius on the sofa, sloshing the whiskey a bit as he tried to refill Sirius's glass. Give it to me unfiltered. Unfiltered? Sirius asked with a raised brow as he took another long drink. Sure, Regulus said, crossing his ankles on the table in front of them. I'm sure you moderate yourself with James because he's Remus's friend too, but I'm genetically obligated to take your side. Didn't seem that way. In school... Sirius cast him a glance from the side of his eyes as Regulus pursed his lips to one side. In their teenage years, Regulus had always been the well-behaved one who, on more than one occasion, had to bail Sirius out of whatever trouble he'd caused that week. Just because I called you a wanker for crashing that golf cart doesn't negate the fact that I also carried you on my back up the stairs at the potter's house when your foot was too swollen to walk on. You always have been the responsible one. Sirius clicked his teeth, glancing around at the changes Regulus had made to their childhood home. Guess that's why Mother left you the house. She left me the house for no other reason than to spite you for the damaging things you said about her in those early interviews, Regulus countered. She just didn't know I agreed with them. You really spruced the place up. It used to look like a funeral parlor. We're getting off topic, Regulus said, shaking his head. We were talking about Remus. 
I'd rather not talk about Remus, Sirius stated bluntly. Oh. Regulus challenged with a glimmer in his eye and an arrogant smirk on his lips. I was hoping you could tell me why he looked so thin and haggard the last few times I'd seen him. Haggard, Sirius practically shouted, turning to face Regulus so sharply that he nearly spilled what was left of his whiskey. You need to get your eyes checked. That man looked better than I have ever seen him. Everything about him looked incredible. His smile, his hair, his build. I mean, my God, he must be working out now. Because the jacket he was wearing this morning fit him so fucking well. Rather not talk about Remus, huh? Did you actually say that to me? Regulus let a haughty breath of air move through his nostrils as he looked over at Sirius with a knowing glance. Immediately, Sirius began to pout dramatically, closing his eyes and holding the whiskey tumbler to his forehead. You bitch, he laughed under his breath. Well, go on, Regulus prompted. Get it all out. Without pause, Sirius leapt back into it. Oh my god, Reg, his hands, his hands. He whined, doubling over to throw his head onto Regulus's knee, and Regulus just patted him sympathetically on the back as Sirius continued to gush like an infatuated teenager over how delightfully Remus had aged. It was nearly midnight when he walked up to the front door. He didn't expect anyone to be awake, of course, but it didn't really matter. After all, he wasn't exactly there for a visit. It was all because he couldn't sleep, and the reason he couldn't sleep was all because Sirius Black was in town. Once inside, he didn't bother turning on any lights, his path through the kitchen in the dark still memorized. This wouldn't help anything, he knew that, but now that Sirius was within literal reach, he had become an obsession on Remus's mind every moment since he heard of Sirius's arrival. At the top of the stairs, he turned into his old bedroom, shutting the door as silently as he could so he wouldn't wake his parents. Seeing Sirius's face had become an all-consuming need, but he couldn't very well see him in person, so he settled for the next best option, or next worst option. Underneath his bed were several shoeboxes full of memories he'd made with Sirius. After all this time, he could never bring himself to throw anything out, always hoping that someday he could look back on their time together through rose-colored glasses. That day had yet to come. The misery of losing Sirius was still as raw as it had ever been, a wound that never healed because he never let it. There was a particular photograph that he was looking for. Well, there were several photographs he was hoping to find, but one very specifically. As he opened the first box, right on top was a picture of him and Sirius together, with Sirius's lips pressed firmly against his cheek, his hand gripping Remus's chin. He wasn't surprised at the immediate tears it brought to his eyes. That reaction was fairly typical when he saw a picture like this one. It just reminded him of everything that he had thrown away that night in December ten years ago. It made him question why he'd made that choice. It made him have recurring dreams where things were different, where he and Sirius were still together, still happy. Before he could rummage any further in that box, he jumped at his bedroom door opening. 
From the hallway, he saw his mother peering into the room, wearing her purple bathrobe. Remus, she said, her voice soft and condoling. She didn't ask what he was doing there. He's back, Remus said with a forced smile, looking down at the same picture in his hands. I heard, she nodded, moving over to sit on the foot of Remus's old bed. I take it you haven't spoken to him yet. There was a near imperceptible shake of Remus's head as he sighed. <sighs> I don't have any right to. He continued, shifting through the contents of the box, finding notes Sirius had written to him in class, cards Sirius had given to him on his birthday, pressed flowers that Sirius had tucked into his hair with a gentle kiss to the tip of his nose. I deserve to be miserable without him. But does he deserve to be miserable without you? A shuddering sigh ripped through Remus's chest. He's not miserable. He's successful and popular and wealthy and surrounded by people who cater to his every whim and... Hope interrupted. Yes? But does that mean he's happy? She emphasized. Remus hung his head. He must be. He whispered, his eyes landing on a picture of all four of them the day after the golf cart accident. James with his thick frames, Pete holding up two broken fingers, Sirius on crutches, and Remus with a pair of black eyes and a line of jagged stitches across the bridge of his nose, all smiling. There's really only one way for you to find out, she said, placing her hand on his cheek for a moment, wearing a tired smile before standing. If you never talk to him, you'll wonder forever. I'm sorry I woke you up, he said under a tired smile of his own as Hope moved to the door. If you talk to him, I might forgive you, she winked, shutting the door behind her. His smile widened as his attention moved back to the shoebox full of his life from ten years before. At the bottom of the current box, there was a stack of Polaroids that left Remus feeling a bit flushed. Polaroid film was more expensive than regular film, so he hadn't used his Polaroid camera that often, only when he wanted to take a picture that he didn't want to go through the development process, a picture that he didn't want anyone else to see but him. He'd been hoping to avoid these. Still, he couldn't seem to stop his eyes from glancing at the top picture in the stack. In terms of content, it was relatively mild, but in context, it was rather explicit. It was a photograph of Sirius alone, taken from an upward angle so that his long hair was hanging towards the camera. The picture showed nothing more than Sirius's smiling face and his bare shoulders, his gaunt collarbones, dark hair tucked behind one pierced ear. But Remus could vividly remember taking this picture, with Sirius straddled on top of him and nothing in between. He could still remember the way Sirius said his name that night. He ignored the rest of the stack, knowing what he would find, knowing that he shouldn't have kept those pictures, knowing how the thought of destroying even a single photograph would have felt far too final, which was why he hid them away instead. For a brief moment, he wondered if Sirius had kept any photos of him in the same context, but he knew that thought bordered on baseless, wishful thinking. From that box, he took out a photo of the four of them after the accident and carefully slid it into his jacket pocket, careful not to fold any of the corners. He left all of the Polaroids in the box, despite his better judgment reprimanding him for keeping naked pictures of his ex-boyfriend, but even ten years later he couldn't bring himself to get rid of a single scrap of his life with Sirius. 
As he moved on to the next box, the mixtape that Sirius had made for him when they were 13 was on top of stacks and stacks of photographs. With a sad smile, he turned over the tape to see Sirius's pristine cursive handwriting, practiced until it was perfect at the command of his late parents, ironically listing tracks like I Want to Be Sedated, Anarchy in the USA, and Orgasm Addict. Right underneath the mixtape was the picture he'd been hoping to find. To anyone else, it probably wouldn't look like anything special, but when Remus pictured Sirius's face, this was the expression he saw. It was a candid picture, one Remus took without Sirius knowing he'd taken it until afterward, and as a result, it was a little fuzzy, a little out of focus, a little hurried in the taking. But that day, they had all gone to Remus's parents' house, which was a fair drive out of town, a little further into the woods, and spent the whole day preparing to spend the night under the stars, quite some distance from the house, with just their sleeping bags and a campfire to keep them warm. All that evening, Remus had been snapping pictures. One of Sirius making a ridiculous face behind Peter's back, one of James trying to start the campfire without using matches, which he eventually gave up on and stole Sirius's lighter, one of Pete and Sirius's oversized, glamorous sunglasses. Towards the end of the day, when the sun was just beginning to set under the glow of a nearby campfire, Remus had raised his camera just as James had said something offhand about Sirius and Remus probably being the first of them to get married. Just as Sirius looked over, Remus snapped the picture, capturing Sirius with a smile so warm and so sincere, yet still so cunning and so shrewd, his silver eyes glowing white in front of the orange glow of the fire and the pink film of the sunset, with a single eyebrow raised high in sedition. His dark wavy hair was tied up into a messy bun on top of his head with a pointed stick he'd found near the campsite that looked a bit like a magic wand. That was serious. That moment. The way he looked at Remus that day defined everything that Remus had ever loved about him. His wit, his wile, his warmth, his wonder. Not a day went by that Remus didn't think of Sirius, and when he did, this was the face of the one he saw. That smile that only broke so the lips that formed it could tell Remus of their love. Those eyes so bright in color and clarity that Remus could not only see himself mirrored in them, he could see his future reflected there as well. How could he have been so irrational to let go of someone who made him feel the way Sirius Black made him feel? How could he have been so selfish that he made that choice in Sirius's place without regard for what Sirius wanted? How could he have thrown away his best friend, his love, the one he intended to spend the rest of his life with? over something as trivial and fleeting as fame. A single tear moved down his cheek. He didn't bother wiping it away, but he choked down the rest before they had a chance to spill over his gaze. There was no use in crying now. He'd already lost everything a long time ago. There was no winning Sirius back now. He'd lost his chance. With a burdened sigh, Remus slipped the picture of Sirius into the same pocket of his jacket, right next to the other. If nothing else, it could act as a constant reminder for him to appreciate the things he had been gifted, and let them stay in his life as long as they were allowed, without pushing them away. This was not a smart decision. Any sense left in his brain was nagging him with doubt and insistent that it was not his responsibility to make the effort. 
not his tatters to mend. Despite that, he couldn't ignore the hours he'd spent last night with Regulus, all the truth he'd admitted out loud not only to his little brother, but to himself. True, he hadn't created the mess, but he was miserable in it. With a quick breath through tightly pursed lips, Sirius pushed open the shop door, a little silver bell above the threshold tinkling erratically as soon as he'd crossed it. There was no one at the front counter, and he wasn't sure if he was more disappointed or relieved. His first inclination was to run. It was the thing he always did when he got nervous. But a familiar voice from the back room stopped him. I'll be right with you, he heard in Pete's unmistakably soft and even tone. At the sound of it, Sirius couldn't help the prickling he felt behind his eyes. They had been friends too, but it was almost like Remus got custody of Pete in the divorce. Sometimes they'd text, just checking in, happy birthdays, merry Christmases, congratulations on the success of a new album. All very superficial, because both of them knew that Sirius couldn't let Pete get too close, because he was only one degree of separation. And though James would never admit it, Sirius was pretty sure that the same was true for him and Remus. The only difference was that James still lived in the same town, and Remus and Lily had always been close. The longer he stood in the shop, the more he realized how immensely stupid this plan was. What did he think was going to happen? That Remus would immediately confess his eternal love and take Sirius strongly into his muscular arms like a bloody romance novel? Truthfully, he was lucky Remus wasn't here, because there were only two ways this was ever going to go. Even if Remus did still have feelings for Sirius, he would never act on it out of some self-imposed punishment for what he'd done. There was no one on earth as self-sacrificing as Remus Lupin. That likely hadn't changed. The only other option was that Remus didn't even want him back at all. Of the two scenarios, that one was much more likely. For a moment, Sirius was distracted as he admired Remus's craftsmanship in the elegant colors and shapes of the chocolates he molded by hand, and in the delicate linework of the patterns on every piece, and in the unique flavors that he had artfully curated to complement the different levels of sweetness and bitterness in whichever chocolate he'd chosen as the medium for that single bite. His shop looked like him, mahogany wood flooring, like that frayed tawny cardigan with the black elbow patches that Remus wore throughout their last year of school, before he wore it to bits. A large round table tucked away in the corner of the shop that looked just like the table they had claimed in the cafe, long before Marlene ever owned it. The L-shaped glass counter at the front of the shop that housed the chocolates all meticulously aligned and coordinated to form a perfect gradient of their individual colors, just the way Remus used to organize his expansive collection of ridiculous novelty socks. When Sirius's eyes wandered towards the door that led to the back of the shop, they fell on the coat rack just beyond the counter to see a faded black leather jacket hanging from one of the hooks, a line of worn beige faux fur peeking from beyond the raised collar. At once, Sirius's eyes went wide as he pulled a breath into his lungs. That was his jacket! A jacket that Sirius had inherited from his father, but had always been too large on his slender frame. A jacket he had given to Remus twelve years ago. Mechanically, Sirius moved towards it with an outstretched hand, his fingers rolling the pliable leather between them before he even knew he was reaching over the counter. 
It was obvious from the wear of the material and the softness of the leather and the tear in the seam that was repaired with great precision that this wasn't something that Remus had found in the back of his closet one day last year. He wore this jacket regularly. The realization cut him to the core. The first day he'd seen Remus in his hometown, that day, Remus had raffishly leaned into Marlene's cafe door, bartering himself a cup of coffee in exchange for some gourmet chocolates. Remus had been wearing that jacket then, too. As he quickly drew his hands away in some effort to stop himself from leaning in to see if it smelled like Remus, if Sirius would recognize the familiar scent of Remus after all these years, if that scent had changed, a stiff corner of paper jutting out from the pocket caught on his thumb. It was photograph paper. Despite his better judgment, he slipped the photos from Remus's jacket pocket. There were two. The first picture was taken after a very reckless night where Sirius had done a significant amount of damage to all three of his friends. That night he had stolen a golf cart from the very pretentious, very condescending neighbors of the Potters just to scuff it up a bit. Instead, he'd wrecked it, with all of his friends on board, Sirius in the driver's seat, James and Pete in the middle, and Remus on the end. When the over-occupied vehicle inevitably overturned, Sirius put his foot out to steady it, only to end up with the whole thing crushing his ankle as it rolled. James went into the windshield, cracking his favorite glasses and leaving him with a nasty cut on the top of his head. Pete, in his effort to protect his face, had put his hands up and fingers ended up bending so far backwards that two of them broke at the first knuckle. On the very edge of the bench seat, Remus had been sent tumbling out of the damned thing, landing on the edge of the pavement with his face nearly cracking open his skull. He'd almost killed his friends that night. It was nearly dawn when they arrived back at the potter's house, limping and bleeding and pushing a lump of twisted metal that no longer operated. There was a moment immediately after where Sirius was afraid his friends would never speak to him again, afraid they would tally this up with all his other acts of recklessness and decide that it was too much. Someone looking at this picture would not see that. Oh, they would see Remus's twin black eyes and the bruising that started at James's hairline and the thick bandages around Pete's fingers. But they would also see an inseparable band of marauders who just faced a near-death experience because of the childish actions of their friend in the middle with the makeshift cast on his foot. They would see James's arm around Sirius's neck and Remus's arm around Sirius's waist and Pete making bunny ears behind his head. If Sirius thought the ache in his heart felt bottomless and still, the regret within it would overflow. It was nothing, absolutely nothing, compared to the devastation he felt when he moved to the next picture that had been tucked away secretly in Remus's pocket. It was a picture of him. A picture of Sirius. He could barely see the image through the overwhelming tears that instantly flooded his vision, but he knew which picture it was. It was the one Remus had taken that night that they had slept under the stars, just when evening hit and the campfire had begun to grow, just when James had made a silly joke about Remus and Sirius getting married before anyone else, not knowing that Sirius had already bought a ring. How many times had Remus looked at that photograph, reminding Sirius of all the reasons it was his favorite one? How many frames had been home to that photo and ever-changing altar in Remus's room as he moved it to wherever he would see it the most? 
Even now, the edges of the picture were worn with handling, the gloss of the paper faded in patches with exposure to variations in sunlight. With undammed tears now slipping in timed succession down his face, Sirius looked up from the picture, a broken sob forming in the back of his throat, as he laid his eyes on Pete. Standing in the doorway of the back room, his hands going suddenly still from where he had been wiping them on his apron. Pete, Sirius whispered, holding out the photograph with a single trembling hand, bringing up the other to hold his forehead as if he wasn't sure how he was holding himself up at all in the first place. There was a sudden scraping across the hardwood floor and Sirius looked up just in time to see Pete moving onto a step stool standing so that his shoulder was at the height of Sirius's face. With a strong grip, he buried his fist into the collar of Sirius's jacket and pulled him into his chest. And Sirius cried. I missed you so much, Pete whispered into his thick hair, cradling the back of Sirius's head with his shaking fingers of one hand and scratching tiny soft lines at the base of Sirius's neck with the other. How could I have stayed away for so long? Sirius asked, mostly to himself, through a wet sigh. Pete sniffled harshly, holding Sirius that much tighter, and Sirius responded by nuzzling his face into the thick collar of Pete's jumper, his fists forming knots in the soft fabric. Because you had to. I should have been a, a better friend to you, Pete. It wasn't your fault that... Pete interrupted. Wasn't your fault either, he corrected firmly. I'm just glad you're here now. That's my jacket, Pete, Sirius sobbed, shoulders quaking. He still wears my jacket. With a careful laugh, Pete pressed his cheek to the top of Sirius's head. Every day. The hushed confirmation spurred his sentiment. His lungs began to burn from how inadequately his breaths were moving through them. I used to think he forgot where that jacket came from. Pete spoke quietly, his breaths moving deeply and regularly, as if trying to remind Sirius how to do it. Until a few months ago, when he tore the seam stealing that table from Marlene's cafe. Against his will, Sirius smiled. So that was the same table, as the one they had gathered around so many afternoons after school. Pete continued, another laugh moving through his lips. I thought someone had died, Sirius. He was in such a fit over it. That jacket is twenty years old. <clears throat> it was bound to tear, Sirius admitted, amid his sniveling. He burst into the back room, all the color drained from his face, holding that thing like it was a corpse. And you know what he said to me? Pete said, and Sirius let out a pained whimper. Oh, please don't say it, Pete. Sirius begged, knowing that whatever the answer was, it was only going to feed the sorrow in Sirius's chest. It was only going to make him hurt worse than this. In a choked and struggling tone, Pete answered miserably, and Sirius could feel the tears falling from Pete's face and dripping into his hair. He said he couldn't afford to lose any more of you. Then why did he force me to leave? Sirius shouted angrily, his voice muffled within the thick fibers of Pete's jumper. Why hasn't he told me this himself? Why hasn't he spoken to me in ten years? Because he's a right fucking idiot, Pete grumbled, which prompted a tight laugh from Sirius's lips, wet with the residue of his sobbing. And because he thinks a jacket is all he deserves of you. <laughs> Apparently not all, Sirius said, pulling back to hand Pete the picture he'd stolen from Remus's pocket. 
As Pete looked fondly at the photo, Sirius dried his face on the insides of his long sleeves. This is his favorite picture, you know, Pete said, looking weepy again. Oh, God, don't start again, or I'll never stop crying. Sirius laughed pitifully as he took Pete by the face, turning it into his hands. Look at you, Wormtail. You've aged better than any of us. Oh, I don't know, Pete shrugged, looking pink in the cheeks. You look rather fetching with that silver in your hair, you know. He grinned widely as Sirius made a show of sheepishly rolling his eyes, lightly pushing Pete by the shoulder. Remus is going to go wild over it, though we might not admit it. Sirius went quiet, nibbling on the inside of his bottom lip. Don't tell him I was here, please. But I... Pete began to argue, but Sirius interrupted. He'll find me eventually, Pete. Sirius said with a short sigh that he tried to chase with a smile, but the smile ended up looking a little pained. He could tell by Pete's expression. Don't worry. How can I not worry, leaving it up to the two of you tossers who couldn't even work it out the first time? Pete groaned loudly, casting a playfully provoking glance in Sirius's direction, eyebrows raised. <laughs> Don't pin that on me, Sirius laughed. He's the tow rag who turned me down. Without another word, Pete charged down off his stepping stool and barreled straight into Sirius's chest, holding him as tightly as Sirius thought his arms were able. With a bittersweet smile, Sirius nuzzled his cheek against the top of Pete's blonde hair, reveling in the friend he thought he'd lost. Don't let it be ten years before I see you again, Pete said, reprimand in his tone. I promise, Sirius whispered, giving Pete one last squeeze. As he walked towards the front door, he pointed to the photo in Pete's hands. Put that back in his pocket. I was never here. You know he lives upstairs, right? Pete called as Sirius opened the front door, his expression looking quite victorious. He probably already knows. I bet he knew you were here before I did. <laughs> Shit, Sirius smirked. Leave it to Remus to be two steps ahead of me. Don't leave town without saying goodbye this time. Pete shouted as the door began to fall closed behind Sirius, and Sirius left it at a nod and a wink, a silent promise to be better than his past. As he reached the opposite side of the street, he took a moment to pull another cigarette from the pack in his back pocket. As he lit up, he glanced behind him, his gaze turned upward. There were two windows on the flat above the shop. The curtains were drawn on both. Maybe Remus wasn't two steps of him after all. <laughs> Pete, I left my phone upstairs. I'll be right back, Remus called as he darted out of the front door of the shop, turning sharply to the left and racing up the stairs to his flat, his set of keys that always hung from the belt loop of his trousers jangling with his impatient movement. He skipped every other step. All night, he spent staring at Sirius's mobile number on the screen, his thumb hovering and twitching and trembling. More than once, he'd typed out an entire apology into text just to delete it and start over. He'd even tried to send something a bit simpler, just a, hey, it's Remus, a line to open communication, but all of those went unsent as well. He convinced himself that he didn't have the right. When morning came, his mobile was inevitably dead, drained of battery through his endless flip-flopping about whether or not he should reach out to Sirius. In truth, he'd left his phone upstairs on purpose. There were two chargers in the shop he could have used, but having his phone at his side all day meant continuing that same night-long argument in every hour of daylight. It would be excruciating. 
Knowing that didn't stop him from considering it again once the device was in his hands. As he worried his bottom lip, turning the phone in his hand, he walked towards the front window, the one that looked out over the street in front of his shop. The answer about whether to text Sirius or not became clear, because, standing on the pavement across the street, watching his shop, was Sirius Black himself. And Remus went utterly mindless at the sight of him. His dark, tempestuous hair was piled at his crown in a disheveled bun, with several short, wavy locks that couldn't be tied down, wandering across his face and sweeping across a dedicated silver gaze that was steadfastly watching his shop, as if in great suspicion. There was a characteristic cigarette dangling unheeded between Sirius's lips, just underneath the delicate black band that encircled his left nostril. The dark stubble of his face was so long and thick that Remus could only just make out the distinctive deep caverns of Sirius's cheeks, but they became suddenly more prominent as he pulled in another breath on the cigarette between his teeth. The jutting edges of his slender throat were as sharp as ever, bobbing erratically as he swallowed nervously. H had treated Sirius so kindly. There was a flock of grey in his forest of black hair, concentrated at his left temple and sprinkled evenly throughout, like it was intentional, and it served to amplify his magnificent mercurial gaze. The laugh lines at the corner of both eyes seemed to fulfill the same purpose, just like his dark fanned lashes they made the magnetism of Sirius's gaze radiate and glow. When he brought his hand up to his face, his slender fingers slipped over his mouth to take the cigarette in between them, and Remus was captivated by the careless way Sirius let his lips separate to facilitate the movement, by the way his first two fingers unsettled his lips with precisely enough pressure to purse Sirius's lips unintentionally. It looked like he was placing an inattentive kiss to his own fingertips. His eyes fluttered closed as he raised his head to let a soft trail of cinder smoke move lazily from his half-parted lips. With his cigarette smoked down to the filter, he plucked it from his lips, tossing it into the pavement and stamping it out with the toe of his time-worn black leather boot. But he didn't move across the street like Remus had expected. Instead, he stood in that place, staring down the shop like it was the one who had broken his heart, his chest heaving with impatient breath. His hand moved up to his face again, pushing through the scruff on his face and pulling his mouth open wide, a glimmer of a metal stud in his tongue catching the sunlight across from him. When he dragged his hand down his throat, fingers clenched tightly to leave soft red trails in the pale skin of their wake, Remus began to wonder if Sirius knew he was being watched if this was all a show to incite a craving. Because it was working. Not a single sight in the last ten years had left Remus feeling this riveted, this hypnotized. When Sirius pushed the rogue tendrils of his hair behind his ear that was now pierced all the way down, with a feather dangling from his earlobe on that one side, Remus tilted his head a bit to feel it. When Sirius darted his pierced tongue out to wet his lips against the wind in the cold, Remus found himself doing the same, when some internal monologue sent Sirius's eyebrow raising high in some expression that looked like defiance. Remus mirrored it, swallowing hard at the memories it left. Finally, Sirius shook his head ferociously. 
as if he'd convinced himself of something and started to make his way across the street. In his panic, Remus tried to memorize all the changes to Sirius's appearance, afraid this would be the last time he would see Sirius in the flesh. The gray in his hair, the gray in his beard, the gray in his eyebrows, the texture of his thick black hair as it sat curled atop his head, the pucker lines at his mouth from years of a bad habit he'd picked up from Remus, the darkened circles underneath his eyes that told of a decade of worry, something else he'd gotten because of Remus. As he disappeared, Remus realized Sirius had gone into his shop, that he could go downstairs right now and see Sirius again without hiding behind the pane of a window. In fact, he was at his front door of his flat, his hand on the doorknob before he stopped, an agonizing thought clawing up from the acid in his gut. Maybe Sirius wasn't there to see him at all. After all, it was practically Pete's shop too. Not to mention seeing him then, just after Remus had been given the time to grow rather flustered at the sight of him, would only lead Remus to saying something stupid. Something that Sirius surely wouldn't want him to say, like how much Remus wanted to run his hands through Sirius's hair. For a long time he stood stone still, wondering if he could hear the conversation taking place downstairs, but he heard nothing, and he wasn't sure if it was because there was nothing to hear or because Sirius and Pete were specifically speaking low to avoid being heard. That thought worried him. As he suffered over the choice to go downstairs and finally have a conversation with the man he'd been distinctly avoiding for the last decade, or continue hiding upstairs like a coward, the tone of Pete's voice finally carried, though Remus couldn't hear what was being said. What he could hear was the sound of the shop door opening. He hung his head for a moment. The choice was made for him. Silencing his steps, Remus crept back to the window, leaning in from the side and barely moving the curtain. For the second time in his life, Remus watched Sirius walk away without doing anything to stop him. This time, however, more so than the last, Remus allowed himself a moment to enjoy the view. Just as he had in his teenage years, Sirius enjoyed wearing his favorite clothes to ribbons, and the same could be said about his black denim trousers he was currently sporting. While extremely well-fitted to his thighs, they inched down his slender hips negligently with every step, as a direct result of the fact that Sirius had never worn a belt in all his life. There were holes in every visible thread, twin holes torn through both knees, a frayed hole just beneath the corner of his back pocket, likely from the corner of a pack of cigarettes, routinely occupying a permanent spot there, and deterioration at the seams that ran down his thighs. Remus pretended not to directly correlate the wear and tear of those seams with the thickness of Sirius's thighs, a stark change from the scrawny boy he had been as a teenager. Suddenly, Remus wished it was summer, because he knew that underneath that black leather jacket that Sirius was currently wearing, his once pale skin was covered in color. Since Remus refused to let Pete show him any of the pictures of Sirius's tattoos that he posted regularly on his Instagram, he'd never gotten to see any of them. The evidence of their existence was secondhand, word of mouth. Of a few, Remus knew the image and the location, sometimes only one or the other, like the carnation on Sirius's forearm that he'd gotten for Euphemia, or the watercolor tattoo of a lion on his shoulder with a polychromatic mane or the skull that was overgrown with weeds and wildflowers on his thigh. Remus had nearly murdered Pete when he'd been forced against his will to imagine the placement of that one. 
From what Remus had heard from James, Sirius deliberately hid one of them. A tattoo that none of them had ever seen, certainly never posted to his social media. The only reason James knew about it at all was because James had visited Sirius's flat in London in secret, and Sirius had emerged from the bathroom in a cloud of steam and a towel wrapped around his head instead of his waist. With the inordinate amount of color on Sirius's skin, James hadn't noticed anything out of place at the time, but once Sirius was clothed, he was quick to ask James not to mention it to anyone. Try as he might, James couldn't get Sirius to elaborate. The location and the subject matter of that tattoo remained a mystery. His mind wandered to that tattoo as he watched Sirius pull a pack of cigarettes from his back pocket, his finger going through the hole their permanence had created. The moment that Sirius placed the unlit cigarette between his teeth, he turned, his eyes instinctively moving up to the window of Remus's flat. Quickly, Remus ducked behind the still-drawn curtains just as his mobile began to ring in his hand. Pete was speaking before Remus could say hello, his voice filled with urgency. Remus, stop whatever you're doing and look out your front window right now, right fucking now. Pete, I already saw him. There was a short, heavy breath on the other end of the line. And you're still coherent, Pete said, sounding one part impressed and the other part annoyed. Oh no, that only happened in the last ten seconds or so, Remus laughed softly. <laughs> I saw him before he even went into the shop. So I had a little time in between to recover and remember how to use the English language. With a hum from the other end, it sounded like Pete felt validated by that answer. Follow-up question, he stated calmly. Why are you not, at this very moment, bolting down the stairs so that we may rigorously discuss every detail of every change in Sirius's physical appearance? As he opened the door to his flat, Remus stifled a laugh. <laughs> you forgot to include the part where you tell me, verbatim, every single word Sirius said to you while he was in the shop. I thought that was implied. Pete scoffed as Remus moved down the stairs rather quickly until he reached the bottom, where he carefully peeked through the glass in the door to ensure that Sirius was nowhere in sight, before he stepped out of one door and stood in front of another. As he tore open the door to the shop, Pete let out a small yelp of surprise before hanging up the phone. His hair, Remus enunciated through clenched teeth, practically snarling. Together, he and Pete let out a simultaneous groan, both of them throwing their heads back, but Pete dissolved into laughter. I knew you'd fancy the grey. Pete nodded, lips pulled into his teeth. As Remus moved through the door, he let the door fall closed behind him, near oblivious to anything that wasn't related to Sirius. Fancy it? I want to make love to it. Remus growled, clutching the hem of his jumper so he could tighten his fist around it. God, it was in his beard, too. Jesus, help me. With a look of sympathy, Pete moved around the counter to take Remus into his arms, though Remus had to stoop a bit for it. Did you see the nose ring? Pete sighed, patting Remus softly on the back. The only medal in the world I wanted to worship more than that nose ring was the stud in his tongue, Remus said before making an unintelligible noise that fell between a moan and a wail. His tongue is pierced. How did you even... I was looking very closely. He's got more holes in his ears now, too. I quite like that blue feather earring he had on the left side. It brings out his eyes. Pete agreed. 
Everything brings out his eyes, Remus whimpered pathetically, pulling out of Pete's arms so he could drape himself woefully over the glass counter. Please tell me he asked about me. At first, Pete didn't answer, and the silence was excruciating. Indirectly, he finally said. What does that mean? Remus asked, turning immediately to look at Pete. He noticed the jacket, Pete said, nodding towards the coat rack. Oh god, no, Remus practically howled, banging his head on the glass. Now he knows I'm a pathetic bastard who has done nothing but mourn his absence for the last ten years. Is that so bad? Pete said carefully, his voice high and tight. Remus looked back quickly. You made it worse, didn't you? Pete opened his mouth to answer and then shut it again. I, well, I may have implied that you wore that jacket religiously, he said, his eyes scattering about the shop so that he didn't have to look into Remus's dark and murderous gaze. And he may have found this in the pocket, Pete said with a sharp wince as he handed Remus a piece of paper. But it wasn't just a piece of paper. It was his picture of Sirius. Oh, fuck me. Remus groaned loudly, burying his face in his hands, the corner of the picture scratching almost intentionally at the scar in his eyebrow. I don't even want to know what he thinks of me now. I mean, with his looks, he's bound to have a different bloke every night, and I'm over here just... Pete interrupted. Remus, he hasn't been with anyone else since he left. How do you know that? You just see what he posts on Instagram, Remus said quite accusingly. Because nobody knows he's gay but us, Pete said insistently. And he has to keep it that way. Immediately, Remus went still. Oh. It emptied out all the air in his lungs. James told me they wrote it into his contract, Pete said quietly, preceding a harsh swallow, his eyes falling down to the hardwood floor. Not that I think it would have made any difference to Sirius. Why haven't you told me this before? Remus asked, the accusing tone in his voice vanished. Remus, Pete said with a curiously sad smile. I couldn't even say his name without having to watch you fall apart every time I said it. I certainly wasn't about to tell you something like this. I had no idea, Remus said, his eyebrows furrowing deeply. The price of fame, I guess, Pete sighed, chewing on the inside of his lip. Yeah. Remus nodded slowly, looking at Pete with sorrowful eyes. A price I forced him to pay. If he hadn't changed his mind and turned around to finally visit Marlene's cafe next door, he would have never known. Of course, it was entirely possible that they weren't talking about him. In his line of work, when it seemed like someone was talking about you, they usually were. So, when standing in the doorway of Marlene's cafe with a smile on his face at the surprise in Marlene's expression, he heard the front door of Remus's shop open. And he couldn't help but lean out to see if it was Remus returning. With two sets of doors in the way, he barely caught a glimpse of the back of Remus's head before he disappeared into the shop. However, Remus held the glass door of the shop open with his palm flat against it, giving Sirius a perfect view of his broad, calloused hand. Before Sirius could argue with himself about going over, he managed to overhear the first part of the ensuing conversation. His hair, 
Remus had said very clearly, and Sirius couldn't see him, but it sounded like his teeth were clenched, the words seething out in what was either a violent rage, or, Sirius hoped, an immoral craving. Despite how he was frantically trying to focus on interpreting the meaning of Remus's outburst, he still let out an audible, terribly pathetic sigh at the familiar resonant ocean of Remus's voice. The smile that appeared on Sirius's face was so automatic to the sound of Remus's voice that he actually winced when he realized it was there. And while he couldn't hear Pete's response, before the door closed, he was able to catch the first half of the next piece of the conversation to roll from Remus's tongue. Fancy it, he balked incredulously. I want to make... And the door shut. With it, the remainder of Remus's verbalized thoughts about Sirius's hair. With panic in his face, he leaned out the door again, struggling to hear anything that might be said beyond the glass, but failing to hear a single syllable. What was he saying just now? Sirius nearly shouted at Marlene behind the counter, who was wearing a rather telling smile as she looked at Sirius, pushing her ruby-red lips to one side of her face. Mate, I didn't even hear the first part, she smirked. But if you want to know so bad, go over there and find out. She nodded her head toward the wall, a coil of blonde hair falling from her bun. Okay, not doing that. Just finish this sentence for me then, he spouted maniacally, cozying up to the counter as Marlene started on his coffee before he'd even placed an order. I want to make... Coffee. Marlene smiled, a shit-eating grin batting her darkened eyelashes. Marlene, Sirius whined prolonging all of the vowels in her name and holding onto the edge of the counter so that he could throw his head back in a dramatic fashion. Help me out here. I'm desperate. Oh, no, I could tell, she said sweetly, her smile only widening. Something about my hair. I'm not sure if he was agreeing that he fancied it or arguing that he didn't fancy it in the least. Sirius theorized, absently chewing on already stubby fingernails. All right, I'll play, Marlene said, turning the corners of her mouth down as if showing that she was finally taking this seriously. I'm Remus. I'm talking about Sirius. Oh, I've got it. What? What? Sirius shifted impatiently in the stool at the counter. If I was Remus and you were you, I would only ever be talking about how I want to make sweet, sweet love to you. She said, cocking her head to one side, that same smile moving back into place. Sirius rolled his eyes theatrically. Fuck you, Marlene. Didn't you even miss me? Of course I did. She winked, sliding down a cup of dark roast coffee with just a splash of hazelnut creamer and just a single pump of a liquid vanilla sweetener. As he took a sip, his eyes rolled back for an entirely different reason, a satisfied little moan moving from his lips. Just how you like it? Ah, oh, yes, he sighed contentedly. Thank you. You say I didn't miss you. She huffed, raising her eyebrow. Well, you were being very unhelpful with trying to solve my mystery, Sirius grumbled. What mystery? Sirius heard from somewhere behind him, knowing immediately who it was by the way Marlene's smile instantly softened. When he turned, he saw Dorcas, her once long braids, now natural and short, an ornate pattern shaved into one side, and he smiled too. Don't get him started, babe, 
Marlene warned, leaning over the counter to kiss her girlfriend just before Dorcas reached over to envelop Sirius in a crushing hug, gold bands jangling against her delicate wrists, shimmering against her dark skin tone, making up for the fact that she was a good foot shorter than he was with sheer muscle prowess she practically lifted Sirius from the ground with her embrace. Hey, Dorcas, Sirius wheezed out, still beaming all the while. Good to see you, Sirius. She winked, settling into a neighboring stool. Now, tell me about this mystery. With a throaty groan, Marlene moved to start making Dorcas a cup of coffee as well. Remus was just next door, and I think he was talking about me, Sirius said, rattling off his theory quickly before Marlene could stop him. He specifically said his hair, and then I want to make... Make what? Dorcas asked, blinking slowly. That's the mystery. Oh, that's easy. Dorcas scoffed instantly. He wants to make love to your hair. Oh my god. Neither of you are any help. Sirius groaned, slamming his head down onto the table and then immediately pulling back to rub the red spot the impact had made against it. Ow. Listen, if I hadn't seen Marls in ten years, I'd probably want to fuck her hair too. Dorcas shrugged, sipping placidly at the mocha concoction that Marlene had just placed in front of her. Aw, thanks, babe. Marlene gushed, making a kissy face in Dorcas's direction. You're both so fucking weird. Sirius mumbled against the lip of his paper cup. Incidentally, what does Remus's hair look like nowadays? Dorcas asked curiously, and before Marlene could even interject with a, Oh, here we go. Sirius slammed his hands onto the countertop. Are you fucking kidding me? Sirius's voice rose two octaves. How could I even try to put into words the absolute ecstasy that is Remus Lupin's hair? Focusing on the aesthetic alone, the seduction of those dark roots could make God himself kneel. But as it grows out, the ends of his soft curls are lightened by rays of warm sunlight that are organically drawn to him because he is so madly irresistible. Dorcas spoke over him. Sounds like you put it into words just fine. And the texture, so soft and so thick and so wild that you can't help but want to grab a fistful of it. Don't even ask me to remember what it feels like between my fingers because it just makes me want to. Marlene interrupted, smiling gleefully. Have sex with it? With a soft, defeated moan, Sirius lowered his head quite a bit more gently this time down onto Marlene's countertop. God, yes, he whimpered, trying to convince his heart rate to slow down. I'm telling you, that's it. Mystery solved. Dorcas snickered into her coffee as Sirius peered over at her, his forehead still pressed to the counter. What would you say is most changed about your hair? The greys, I guess, Sirius said with an indifferent shrug oblivious to what the point was. Tell you what, we'll roleplay it for you. Marlene, you be Pete, she said, and Marlene nodded with a knowing grin, flashing her eyebrows at Sirius. Sirius's loud sigh fogged up the counter under his lips. Don't go off script, Sirius warned. All I heard was his hair, and then Pete said something I couldn't make out, and Remus replied, with fancy it, I want to make fill in the blank. 
Just the way Remus had said it, Dorcas breathed out, His hair. Did you fancy the gray? Marlene asked in perfect time, watching Sirius with a smirk. Fancy it, Dorcas said in somehow the exact same outraged inflection that Remus had used only moments before. I want to make love to it, she growled hungrily, biting down on her bottom lip. See? Marlene said, popping one shoulder up in triumph as Sirius jerked himself upright. Oh. My. God. Sirius exhaled heavily a breath of surprise. Uh, he wants to make love to my hair. Told you. Dorcas hummed victoriously as Sirius blinked dumbly, staring at a coffee stain on the countertop. With a bravery growing in his chest, an arrogant smile uncurled from the corner of his lips. Do you think he'd settle for the rest of me instead?